your Bibles, John chapter 20. John chapter 20. I didn't say sin. I said grab your Bibles. Oh. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. John chapter 20, and we're going to read all 31 verses. John chapter 20. Every last word. John chapter 20, beginning with verse number 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. And both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there. But he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there. And the face cloths, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. And the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And then Mary Magdalene went and announced it to the disciples. I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace 
be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He said to this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nail, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have a life in his name. The word of the Lord, you may have your seat. I, like many of you have confessed, watch too much TV. If I watch TV, a show that you can expect me to be watching is any kind of crime show. I like to watch shows like NCIS New Orleans, Chicago, PD. When I'm really bored, I'll watch NCIS Los Angeles. Back in the day, in the, before last year, I would watch the new series of Hawaii Five-O. I like me some cop shows. I was sharing this with, with someone recently, and they said, why do you love these cop shows so much? And because I was put on the spot, I immediately told them my Enneagram number. I am an Enneagram 5. By the way, the Enneagram, it's a system of personality typing that describes patterns in how people uh, interpret the world and manage their emotions. And I am a number 5. We are literally called the investigators. This morning, I want you to experience the Enneagram 5 of your pastor. 
I want you to join me on a case this morning. The case of the missing body of Jesus Christ. And, beloved, we will interview four different witnesses this morning. We must solve this puzzle of the missing, the case of the missing body of Jesus Christ. The first witness I want to call this morning is the Apostle John. This morning we're going to hear the testimony of the Apostle John. So let's call John into the room. John, I'm Detective Brandon Reddick with the KGBI, the Kingdom of God Bureau, Bureau of Investigations. And John, it has come to my attention that you have some information concerning the missing body of Jesus Christ. John, could you tell me what you know and what you saw the first day of the week following the death of Christ? Well, on that day, I was with my buddy, Simon Peter, and we were minding our own business, and we heard someone at the door we were deathly afraid because we followed Jesus. And we knew that if the Jews found us, they would likely kill us as well. But after a little investigation, we learned that it was Mary Magdalene. She was the one of whom Jesus, well, I'll let her tell her story. But she was obviously out of breath. And we learned it was because she ran to find us. And she was in a hurry to tell us they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid him. We knew immediately who she was speaking of. So my boy Peter and I ran toward the tomb. For the record, I beat Peter to the tomb. Once I was there, I stooped down to see inside the tomb, and I couldn't believe what I saw. I saw the linen cloth of Jesus just lying there. I, I, now, I didn't go into the tomb at first, but you better believe old boy Peter went in. You know Peter. He went inside the actual tomb. And when he went inside, he saw the linen cloth lying in there as well. But what was strange, detective, is that he also saw the face cloth that had been wrapped around the head of Jesus. And what was really strange, detective, was that someone had taken the time to fold up the face cloth and put it in a place opposite the linen cloth. So I went ahead and went into the tomb myself 
And I observed the very exact, exact thing, the linen cloths and the folded cloth that was around his head. And detective, after seeing what I saw, I couldn't help but believe. I know, I know, detective, that it sounds crazy, but you have to understand what I saw. The first thing that I saw when I arrived at the tomb was that the tomb was empty. There was no physical body occupying that space. There literally was nobody. Not only did I see the empty tomb, but I saw that somebody took the time to neatly fold the head cloth. So I knew that it could not have been grave robbers, as common as they were, that stole the body. They would have been in too big of a hurry to neatly fold anything. So the only conclusion that I could arrive at was that Jesus, my Lord and Savior, was not dead, but he was alive. After that, I went home. Well, Mr. John, thank you for your time. I'll be in touch if I need additional information. Since John mentioned a lady by the name of Mary Magdalene, I consider her to be a person of interest. So I called this lady by the name of Mary Magdalene in. Here is our interview. Mary, I am Detective Brandon Reddick with the KGBI the Kingdom of God Bureau of Investigations. Mary, could you tell me what you know and saw on the first day of the week following the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? Mary, here's what Mary said. Well, I went to the tomb early that morning while it was still dark. And can I tell you that I was really in the dark? As I arrived, I saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. I immediately knew something was wrong. So I ran to Peter and John and told them that they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So they ran ahead of me to the tomb. I couldn't keep up because I had already been running. And since you've already talked to John, I won't repeat those details of their encounter at the tomb. All I can tell you, though, is that something happened to John because after he went to the tomb and saw what he saw at the tomb, he was a changed man. And since I didn't get to see what they saw, I stood outside the tomb weeping. Actually, it was more like wailing. I was full of grief and despair. You have to understand that the body of my Lord was missing. He, he meant so much to me. Let, let me tell you a little bit about what he, what he did for me. You have to understand that I was tortured by seven demons for a long time. They made me do things that I thought I would never do. They made me say words that I thought I would never say. 
It was complete torture and agony living with these seven demons. Then one day, I met a man by the name of Jesus. And I had heard that he could heal the sick and raise the dead. But seven demons? Come on now. But lo and behold, when I met him, he cast out every last one of those seven demons. And I can tell you that ever since that day, I have never been the same. He changed my life completely. He changed the way I walked. He changed the way I talked. He changed the way I thought. I have never been the same since I met this man named Jesus. And since that day, I have loved that man with a love like no other. So I went there that morning while it was still dark to anoint the body of my Lord to give him the burial he deserved. When I got there, the stone had been rolled away. And I stooped down and I looked inside the tomb and there was no body in that tomb. When I stooped down, I did see two angels, though, sitting where Jesus had been laid, one at his head and one at his feet. And they asked me, woman, why are you weeping? And I told them I was weeping because they have taken away my Lord. And I do not know where they have laid him. Then all of a sudden, I saw another man standing there, and this was a real person. I had no idea who he was at first, but based on where I was at the time of day, I figured it was the gardener. The man asked me the same question as the angels had asked. Woman, why are you weeping? And whom are you seeking? I told him the same thing I told the two angels. Then all of a sudden, I heard the man say, Mary. I knew immediately who it was because he had told me that my sheep know my voice. I heard that voice before. It was the same voice that cast out the seven demons. It was my Lord Jesus. And so I immediately fell prostrate to the ground and I grabbed his feet. He told me, don't, don't, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Detective, I felt his feet, his actual feet. It was my Lord. And once again, this man changed my life. What were once tears of grief and pain turned into tears of joy. But he also confirmed in that moment that I truly was a part of the family of God. Because he said to me, he, he called his father my father and his God my God. He confirmed in that moment that I am a child of God. 
Detective, I just told you some of my history, and I wouldn't dare tell a detective all the specifics of the things I did in the past because of those seven demons. But despite my horrid past that Jesus knew, he still forgave me. And so I obeyed my Lord, and I went and told the disciples, I have seen the Lord. I saw him. I was no longer in the dark. My eyes have been opened by the Lord. And yes, I too am a believer that my Lord is not dead, but he is alive. Mary, I appreciate your testimony. I will be in touch with you if I need additional information. I knew that Jesus had 12 disciples. I had already talked to one of them being John, and he told me that Peter was with him. Then I knew from rumors that G Judas betrayed Jesus, Judas and committed suicide. So I wanted to talk to the other nine disciples. And so I went and found them, and they were all there except for Judas, of course. And curiously, Thomas was missing as well. And so I talked to the disciples and I asked them too about the first day of the week after the crucifixion of Christ. I asked them about that day and they told me these words. One said that they were locked behind closed doors out of fear for the Jews. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appeared. Those locked doors were no obstacle for my Lord. He spoke to us, and the first words he said to us were, Peace be with you. We knew that this was not just a typical Jewish greeting. There was more to it based on how he said it. See, you have to understand that we were deathly afraid. And Jesus knew just what we needed. Peace. And then after he said those words, he showed us his hands and he showed us his side. He showed us his hands that were nailed to the cross. He showed us his side where they had pierced him in the side with a sword. We were there when they crucified our Lord. And then Jesus said to us again, peace be with you. And when we heard these words a second time, we couldn't help but remember the, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 53, verse number five, which said he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. It was in that moment that we realized that death could not hold him down. And then after saying these words, our Lord and Master gave us our marching orders. He said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. See, we learned in that upper room that the resurrection has missiological consequences. 
We learned in that upper room that our resurrected Lord has called us into his service to be ambassadors for his kingdom. And we, 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 detectives, have been commissioned to go into all the world and make disciples of all people. We realize in that upper room that we are a sent people. We learned in that moment that living on mission for our Lord was not an option, but it was a mandate. Our risen Lord has sent us into the world to be on mission for him. And one day we were hearing that there would be a preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon who would say that every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. But that's not the end of the story, detective. After he gave us our marching orders, he gave us what we needed to carry out the mission. Because then he, he when after he had told, given us our marching orders, he said to us, receive the Holy Spirit. He knew that on our own, we would not have what we, what we needed to accomplish this mission. So he gave us, he never left us alone. He gave us a helper, the Holy Spirit to equip us and empower us to accomplish his mission in the world. I found that record, that testimony to be sufficient. But I was concerned and suspicious that there was a missing disciple by the name of Thomas. And so I went and found Thomas and interviewed him about the events of that day. This was eight days later. My investigation was going longer than I had planned. I thought this would be an open and shut case. But eight days later, I finally found missing Thomas. And so once I found Thomas, I called him for my final interview before I rendered my investigative report. Thomas, my name is Detective Brandon Reddick. And in case you didn't know, I'm with the KGBI, the Kingdom of God Bureau of Investigations. And Thomas, I went to interview your colleagues, you know, the ones who followed the man named Jesus because I'm investigating the case of a missing body of Jesus Christ. And when I went to interview them because they were so close to him, I figured they would know his plan, his whereabouts, and what have you. I noticed that you were missing. So can you tell me about the events of the first day of the week following the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? Thomas spoke, and he said, well, when I found and went met, when I reconnected with my brothers, the other disciples, they were all telling me, we have seen the Lord. We have seen the Lord. We have seen the Lord. Now, you have to understand that I was there 
when he was nailed to the cross. I was there when he was, when they placed a crown of thorns on his head. You have to understand that I was there when they pierced him in the side. I was there when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I was there when he breathed his last and said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. I was there. I saw this. I saw his head hang and his soul leave his body. I was there when Joseph of Arimathea took his body down from that cross. I was there to see Joseph of Arimathea take the bleeding, wounded body of my Lord Jesus Christ and put him in a borrowed tomb. So to hear somebody tell me that they saw the man that died and was buried, I just couldn't take them at their word. And so I told them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and to place my, my and if I could place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I'm not going to believe a word you are saying. Do you, can you imagine a dead man coming back to life. Can you imagine? By the way, they told me they were behind locked doors, and I just couldn't get with this thing that he just came up all of a sudden and, the, and, and, and was in this room, and the doors were never unlocked. So I just refused to believe them. And so, after eight days, I was with my brothers, and the doors were yet locked. Then all of a sudden, I too saw what my brothers claimed that they had seen. It was him. And when he showed up, he said, peace be with you. And then in this, he spoke directly to me. He looked me in the eye. And he said, Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. And he told me in that moment, don't disbelieve, but believe. And as I put my finger in his hands and I felt his side, all I could cry out was my Lord and my God. Detective, I could finally see. I was no longer blind to the truth of the resurrection. I realized in that moment that it was Jesus and that he was yet alive. And then he did give me somewhat of a rebuke. And he asked me, have you believed because you have seen me? And of course, he knew that that was the case. And then he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas, thank you so much for your testimony. This concludes my investigation.
At the end of the investigation, it was my time to submit my investigative report. And as Detective Brandon Reddick of the KGBI, the Kingdom of God Bureau of Investigations, oh, here is what my conclusion is after my investigative findings concerning the case of the missing body. Based on the testimony of the apostle John, the tomb is empty. Based on the testimony of the apostle John, this could not have been a case of grave robbers stealing the body. The head cloth was too neatly folded. And it was in a separate place from the rest of the linen cloths. And based on the compelling testimony of Mary Magdalene, of whom seven demons were cast out, who actually saw and felt the physical body of Jesus Christ. In addition, based on the testimony of the disciples, who say that they actually saw the risen Lord. And based on the testimony of what some have called Doubting Thomas, who actually put his finger in the holes in his hands and in his side. It is my professional determination in the case of the missing body that the body is not missing. It is my professional determination that the body is where it always was. The body is with its rightful owner, Jesus Christ. As detective from the KGBI, it is my professional determination that this body is not missing. The body is with Jesus because he's not dead. He is alive. It is my professional determination that I too was blind. I too didn't realize that the body was never missing. It is now, now it is my professional determination. Actually, it is my spiritual conviction that he is alive. And now I can see, I can see clearly now, I can see that he is alive and because he lives, I heard at the end of the story that I too can live. It is my professional determination and my spiritual conviction that because he lives, now I can live. It is my spiritual conviction that because he lives, I no longer have to be in fear. It is my spiritual conviction that I don't have to fear any enemy. It is my spiritual conviction now that I no longer have to fear death, the last enemy, because it is my spiritual conviction that death has been defamed, that death is the last enemy. It is my spiritual conviction that Jesus has defeated death, and because he has defeated death, I don't have to fear death anymore. It is my spiritual conviction and my professional determination that you too were once blind. It is my spiritual conviction that though you were once blind, you don't have to stay blind. It's my spiritual conviction. Let's get out of here. 
then you can see again. It is my spiritual conviction. <laughs> I feel good right now, y'all. That I once was blind. If I once was blind, and now I see. It is my spiritual conviction that you too can see again. It is my spiritual conviction, y'all, that he lives, he lives, he lives. Christ is alive. It is now my professional determination that the worship team should return to the stage. He lives. He is not dead. And beloved, the resurrection, the resurrection not only is a truth and a reality to be celebrated, but the resurrection means that we now have a place to participate in the mission of God. And the question that we have to ask ourselves this morning that Charles Spurgeon would ask of us, are we missionaries or are we imposters? Somebody in here this morning, the evidence is clear. The tomb is empty. There are eyewitnesses. Somebody in here has yet to believe and this risen Savior, this risen Lord. And today, you may be the doubting Thomas. You need reliable information to truly put your trust. Well, the evidence is clear. And it is compelling. And it, it is convicting. That Jesus died on the cross he was buried and he rose from the grave with all power in his hands. And the good news is that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So, my brother, my sister, do you see what we see. Christ has given us the gospel so that the scales of your eyes will be removed and that you will see clearly that Jesus is Lord and that he has died on your behalf. He has died in your place. He has died your death. But he was raised so that you would be justified that you would be declared righteous. You would be not guilty. And so now, the response for someone in this room or on this live stream this morning is to put all of your trust in Jesus Christ and him alone. And the promise that we have from this risen Savior is that you will be saved. I urge you, I plead with you, don't hesitate, don't delay, don't wait. You may not make it to next Easter. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ.
He stands ready to forgive you with arms wide open. Forgiveness is available no matter how dark your past, no matter who you are, where you've come from, what you've done, what you've said. He stands ready to forgive you. There's someone else in this room. Jesus will make you like Mary Magdalene. He will turn your life around. He will change your heart, change your mind, change your ways. Come to Jesus while you still have time. But then here is where we all get to participate as those who are believers and have seen the risen Lord. It's time to be on mission to help others see what we have seen. He's given us spiritual sight and now it is our duty, our responsibility to help others see. He has called us into his mission. He has given us what we need, the Holy Spirit, to accomplish his mission. Are you on mission, my brother, my sister? Are you simply an imposter? Let's stand.